For those of you who don't know us, uh, my name is Chris, this is my wife Courtney. Uh, if you were part of our lesson yesterday, the part one of healthy communities, you will realize that we are in the Sahara Desert, and today we are in the frozen Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> so, we find middle brothers. <laughs> but uh, the show will go on. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be in southern, right guys? I do want to come and thank you for uh, seeing you and for all the hearts that uh, come out and come praise you and learn about what it is that you want us to do, especially looking at our community and how to set standards uh, in the world and looking at the examples that you've given us uh, in our Old Testament stories, uh, in particular Daniel and his friends. Uh, you know, in the, the pace that they set and um, the attitudes and the hearts they have were just help us to be able to see that, uh, you know, this, uh, this weekend, and to mimic that, and to grow and fellowship with each other at the same time. Uh, thanks for everything you've done for us, and just let's pray. Amen. Okay, so we're going to switch things up a little bit this morning. Um, like Chris said, yesterday we got to talk about what a healthy community looks like, and how we can apply those truths to our life. Um, we looked at Daniel and his friends and how they practice those traits of spending time together, being vulnerable, holding each other accountable, um, and just being united um, in God's purposes. Um, you know, Chris and I also talked a little bit just about how since we've committed to, those, to practicing those traits, we have been um, just incredibly blessed because of the community that we've been um, given from God. So today, we just want to take it a step further, and um, we're going to have a couple people come up and just talk about how community has helped um, help, help them get through either hard times to make hard decisions or has pulled them out of their sin. And it's cool because uh, the people that are going to come up and talk, I'm, I'm close with all of them. They're some of my closest friends, and I know that they're going to be able to share their hearts and um, just use their story to hopefully really challenge you guys to take being a part of God's community really seriously. And um, but just to walk away encouraged and uh, just wanting to practice those traits in your day-to-day -day lives. So I think Ashlyn's going to come up first and talk. And So I'm really nervous, just so you guys know. I've never done this before. But um, I'm Ashlyn. I started coming around about four years ago. I came to Lincolnwood for ROPC and wrestling. Um, I became instant best friend with this girl on the wrestling team. She was super outgoing and just like, she did everything with me. She took me to like go grocery shopping with her. I spent like every single night at her house for like months on end. Like I just loved her so much. and. It, I was a part when I got to go on the wrestling team with her too. Um, but I remember like her just inviting me to like everything, like literally everything. And one day she was like, hey, like, I know we have a bunch of sleepovers and stuff, like, how about you know this thing called cross chat with me? And I was like, okay. And so I went to a cross chat and it was like really cool. I met Courtney there and became like, like I said, best friend with Courtney. And then, you know, after that I asked the, the girl from the team, I was like, okay, can I come to a church service with you? And she was super excited. She's like, yeah, absolutely. And like, um, she had to be somewhere um, like that morning, like tell service. So another girl like ended up picking me up when we were like total strangers, but it was cool. Because I got to like get to know her. But I remember going like to church and like just being so excited. And she asked me if I like wanted to study the Bible. And so like we sat down and we sang the Bible and started to think to that point where I needed to like make a decision. Like, did I want to surrender my life to God? And I was super hesitant. Um, I didn't really grow up in a house who like believed in like the same things that the Bible believed. And I was a little hesitant to like go against what they thought because I grew up really close to my family and like all really close. Um, so I asked if I could like have a little bit of time. Um, a little bit of time turned into months. Um, so a couple months later, we went to this retreat in Florida. But um, unfortunately, like that break. We just had like a random like snowstorm, like there was so much snow there. And so the girl who was like reaching out to me, she wasn't able to come. Uh, her planes got all sorts of delay and craziness. So I was really nervous to go on like this retreat without her. Um, again, I did everything with her and it was kind of like a 
wasn't there, I wasn't really there. Um, so I was real nervous, and I was like, I don't know now, like, do I go on this, do I not go on this? And uh, I ended up going, and it was like the best time ever. Um, I got to know a lot of the girls there. I remember like, this girl, she's not here, so I can talk about her, but her name's Jess, and she just really like, you know, really like poured into me, and like, she like made me her best friend that weekend, and like, we did everything together. And then, I remember I was sitting on the bed with Courtney, and she was like, you know, like, what are you waiting for? Like, what's not holding you back from like, this relationship with God? Like, you're here with everybody, you're doing everything. Like, basically, you have to commit, like, say, like, this is, like, what you want. Um, and so, like, we talked about it a little bit, and I was like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. So I called my family, and I let them know finally, because at that point, they had no idea that I was saying the Bible. Like, every time they asked, like, oh, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm chilling with my friends. Oh, 
gosh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. I should go die. But they turned me to like different scriptures, and they all prayed with me, and I fasted with them. And I remember sitting in church one day, uh, carrying a lesson called like "Just Do It," and I remember just like sitting there. And as I kept talking, my heart felt super heavy. And at that point, I just knew what I needed to do, but I didn't want to at all. Like, I knew that, you know, this is something my family and I had dreamed of for, like, a really long time. And I knew this was something that was going to, like, you know, kind of, like, disappoint. Like, maybe not disappoint, but that's, like, what I felt, like, in my heart was that I was going to be, like, a disappointment to my family. or I was going to let them down. And so I remember leaving that service and crying in my car and just, like, I didn't even say bye to anybody. I just kind of, like left and like cried in the car and it was so weird like just knowing but like not wanting to and so I called my family that week and I told them and I, it was wasn't such a great conversation um, which really sucked because my family and I are again really close and I think this decision has caused like a lot of like rifts in our relationship and really had to like battle back and forth with you know, my family, especially like my dad, because like this is something like the two of us really dream for. But again, it came down to like what's best for my relationship with God. And as I thought about it, you know, it was like, do I just always want to be under the will of like the army, like telling them, having them tell me like, all right, it's time to go. Like I live that life. Like, all right, it's time to go like pack up. And then, you know, would there be like a church body there to help keep me accountable to like the things I can do in my life too? Um, you know, was I ever going to be able to serve on a church plant? Um, you know, was I just going to be somebody there to, like, help me? Like, I think the like, lessons today have been super challenging, just, like, remembering, like, where I was and just knowing. But, like, even though, like, right now, like, I don't have, like, the best job or anything I want to, like, job is right now, and, like, I can, like, have, like, a study, a study job and, like, the awesome intern and stuff, and I know, like, even though I'm not those things, like, right now, God's still, like, really working. And I know it's going to be a battle, like, with different people, like, like, why? Like, you're crazy, like, you had, like, this whole plan, like, you had a job, you had, like, this, like, a great income coming in, like, and, like, that's what I came to school for, like, I came to school for the military, but, I don't know, even though it's been, like, the toughest decision, I just know that I always have, like, support with me. Every time I feel crazy, I know I can go to somebody, and, like, they're always going to just, like, be there for you to, like, listen, or like point to the right um, direction and you know I think like even though both of the decisions took me way longer than it probably should have um, I don't regret any of them even though it's like quite a lot of like you know risk with my family but yeah I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do it like this. <laughs> um, some of y'all may know me. Like I know I can talk about it, but I may look at this every once in a while. So I don't just ramble. Um, I first started coming around in like 2015. Um, my friend Melinda lived with me. Um, and Holly actually reached out to Melinda first and then she wanted to meet me and uh, long story short, like I started studying the Bible and um, I got baptized on November 23rd, 2015. Um, a lot of people told me by the day of my baptism that it was going to get harder. Um, I didn't exactly comprehend that at first. But like as time like went on, that's when like it started to become prominent like how worth it, but how hard it is to like really try to like be as godly as possible. Um, so basically, how I was raised is that like my family kind of like like to sugarcoat things. They like to not make things seem as bad as they were. They didn't have no confrontation. They didn't like to really talk about things that really needed to be addressed and talked about. Um, basically, I feel like the, based off of how I treated people and how I was treated and the things I went through, it shaped, it, it shaped me into like a very hard-hearted, like angry, selfish, like person. Um, I used, like, I, to this day I still do, but um, I struggled with my anger a lot, like, very badly. Um, I constantly went off on people. I did not care what anybody had to say. If I was held accountable, it went in one ear and not the other. And um, I just wasn't, I wasn't a very good friend to people. Um, but, like, I, I just didn't care what people had to say. Um, I also struggled with the fact that like people actually told me it wasn't okay. People used to tell like there was a time where maybe Courtney or somebody like I got like screamed at people or I went off on them. They'd be like, "That's not okay. Like I don't want you to treat like you shouldn't be treated this way." And I'm like, "You actually telling me that?" not okay, like you're actually confronting me on something that I shouldn't be doing. Like I wasn't used to that. Because I was, what I was used to was people just talking behind my back and then after I went off of them, it would act like everything was okay when it wasn't. Um, so that's kind of when I started like, actually I did, I got worse after I started be, being held accountable more often. But like throughout like all my anger and like all those issues, like they never gave up on me. They never like just walked away from me they never just dropped me like other people have in the past when I wasn't a good friend to them. They asked me if I was okay. They considered my feelings. They like when when I was younger, vulnerability and saying how you feel was seen as a weakness. It was seen as something that if you cried or if you like told people, oh, they're not feeling like they were going to be laughing at me. And they would tell me that I was a punk and I was a coward and like, how are you going to survive like in this world if you like let people know that you got to them like, or they got to you? Or uh, it, was, it was just kind of irritating and like weird, like to feel that difference. Um, um, sorry, I got back up my nose, this is a lot. Um, so I used to um, live with Summer and Juan. Summer and Juan Black, if you don't know them, they're leaders in the church. And that was a big transition for me because me and my mom have a horrible relationship. And she did not approve of how much I was invested in my life in God. And when I lived with them, I was the most ungrateful, selfish brat that you probably would have ever seen. And, like, like, there'd be times, this is a small example, 
Like sometimes mom would just innocently ask me, like, hey, have you vacuumed today? And in my in the back of my head, I'd be like, no one has vacuumed today. Why are you asking today? Like your vacuum is 30 pounds. I'm not gonna carry up the steps to the vacuum. Like, <laughs>
angry, like, and I'm like, and I, one day I actually, just a couple days ago, I just did like this humongous, like small novel of like all the stuff I had been holding in. And it's like, my girls were like, thank you. Like, thank you for showing your heart. Thank you for like telling us how you feel because we want to have those, like we want to show your burdens. Like we want to be there for you. Like we want to see, like we want to see all of you. We don't want you to feel like you have to hide that, like hide all that stuff. And like that's, I feel like that's just also one of the things that you just won't get in the world. You won't get people actually wanting and craving for you, like to see your whole self, like your flawed self, your ugly self, like the side that actually makes people uncomfortable. Um, I feel like guys, people are like, it's like, like really good at that. Like in my scene. It's gonna be like an everyday thing. Every day I'm gonna have to wake up and make sure that like I'm standing his word and if I fall short that I'm like honest as soon as possible. But I make sure that I tell someone and I ask, what can I read? What can I do? Like to change this and like switch it around. And I cannot do that by myself. There will never be a, a day where I can where I'll be like, oh I don't I don't need them anymore. I could finally do this by myself. Like, I think I got this, like, this is, that is, you're going to need God's people, like, every day, like, for the rest of your life. You can't, like Carrie was saying, you can't have a relationship with God, like, without his people. It it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel right. Um, and I've tried that. I've tried that, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't work. I was my worst self. I was at rock bottom, and it, like, I can't benefit, like, God's kingdom without the help of, like, the brothers and sisters that do invest like their time to me.
Um, I did, it happened to be that um, the person that invited me to church was a male. Um, being someone that grew up um, longing for attention and desire affection from males, um, I really appreciated the attention he gave me. Um, it was something that I liked, um, I desired. Um, my relationship with my dad growing up was very performance-based, so, um, you know, I felt like I was never good enough for my dad. I felt like I always had to perform well, and if I didn't, that my dad wasn't proud of me. Um, so I, I constantly looked for and desired men to just want me and to desire me. So when this um, male figure invited me to church, I was excited to go. Um, not too long after um, I was invited to church, um, you know, we did get into a relationship that became really physical and, and sexual. And I remember thinking there was still something missing. I was going to church, but I didn't feel full. I felt, um, you know, it, I didn't. I felt like I was still missing out on something. And I believe that was a real relationship with God. I felt like. Um, I was going to church, um, I was, we have small groups, so I was going to small group, um, we had cross chats, I was going to cross chat, um, I felt like I was doing all of the things, but really I was living a lie, um, and I remember thinking, this isn't right, there has to be something more, I felt very distant from people, um, but I had the one thing that I had always desired, which was a relationship with a male. Um, and I felt wanted. But it got to the point where I didn't like living two lives. I didn't like going to church, but really having sex with my boyfriend and no one in the church knowing. Um, we were in a relationship for three years, where we said one thing and, and did another. Uh, and so <clears throat> my freshman year of college, you know, we are active campus ministry, and we we're constantly doing things, and I felt the weight of my sin. I felt the distance from people. I felt the distance from God. I didn't really know who God was, because I didn't take the time to get to know him, because all I, all I cared about was meals and that attention. Um, so I remember talking to my boyfriend at the time and just saying, I can't do this anymore. Um, we need help. Um, we need to pull people in. And, um, you know, we sat down with our campus leaders at the time and some few other leaders of the church. And I remember just crying and crying and crying because I was scared of how they were going to respond after living in a lie for three years. And I remember the relationship I had with my dad was if I wronged him or if he didn't like what I was doing, he was going to be disappointed in me. And I remember feeling so disappointed. More than that, I know God's disappointed. Um, but we needed, we needed people. We needed, we needed to pull people in into our lives and into our relationships. So we sat down with them um, and we were honest. And it was really hard. Um, I remember we hugged, we cried, we prayed, we were angry. I mean, every emotion, you know, I think. My anger at the time was just, I was so disappointed that this was something I struggled with, that dependence and security from men that I just wanted, I just wanted to seek after God. And I knew it wasn't going to be that way for as long as I was in a relationship. And so um, I think this part in my walk with God was life-changing because these people loved us. You know, they didn't just look at the sin. They weren't just like, you sinned for three years and you weren't honest, like, punish, 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 which is what I had always been used to. But it was, we want to restore you. We love you. We forgive you. And it was instant. And I don't think I would still be here if it wasn't for that moment of, for three years, you know, we had been involved in all this sexual sin and lying to people straight to their faces. But it wasn't about that. They wanted to see us, you know, restored and have a relationship with God. And um, I'll never forget that moment. Um, I'll never forget how much it meant in my walk with God. Um, 
And then, and these people fighting for me, fighting for my heart and my soul. Um, had, it changed the course of my walk with God from then on out. Um, but I think at that point, it was so, this was just one example of which I feel like I've gone through in my life and my walk with God. But it's so important to have those people there, especially during your sin, to correct you, but just to love you. And I can't imagine, you know, just going, I still sin. You know, I try to be honest and vulnerable about those things now, but at that point, that was huge. It was huge for those people to love me, to guide me, and to forgive me. And so, um, I think that's just one example of just my beginning walk with God and where I was at. Uh, in my my walk, I began in uh, March 1986, when I was born. <laughs> 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 I grew up in a church. Um, I grew up at, in a Baptist church. Um, so, and it was more of a forced um, upbringing, I guess. Um, my parents divorced and both remarried within a year uh, in the early 90s. Um, so my family was split. Uh, both sides. My dad had other kids. My mom had one other kid with uh, my stepdad, but we had there were six kids growing up in the house. Um, so we weren't. You would think that you know there's all those people that would be really close and have that that unity that bond. Um, uh, but I think like we didn't have that. Um, I was made fun of a lot. I was real pasty and. Uh, Chunky, so they uh, they called me Crisco. Um, they made fun of me, and I, I just never really felt close. Um, so you know that passed, and I grew up. I got out of school. Um, I was up to my stepdad for acceptance. Um, always worked real hard. You know, I was um, not the brightest kid in school, so. It was real hard for me. Um, I ended up going to a tech school half the year or half the day, um, which brought me great love. Thank goodness, otherwise I'd been a super senior. But um, uh, but yeah, so like I, I I always knew that whatever I did, I had to strive for. And obviously, I wasn't good in school, so I went to carpentry, and I was very successful in that. Um, so right right after I graduated, I became a carpenter. Um, I always went to Bank of America to bring my check in and uh, the bank teller had to hospital me and it was a great um, So she invited me, it was a brown at the time. Um, so she invited me to this Ross chat and um, I was like, alright, cool. So that's really whenever my walk with God started, um, I would say. Um, at least, you know, yeah, that's when it really started. Um, so I started studying the Bible. Um, I didn't really fully understand or whatever, but um, I knew like the community that, that these people had and the the unity and the just the love like that was what really brought me in. Um, and then you know I was young enough, so um, I was a carpenter. I was making really good money for an eighteen-year-old. Um, I saw my friends going out partying and hanging out and doing all this stuff. So I started doing that um, and drinking and going out and being crazy instead of that's whenever I walked away from God um, and just just the body of Christ and uh, I mean I I had everything I wanted I was I bought a house when I was twenty I was making ninety thousand a year at that time um, so I had like all the toys all the the worldly things that now I realize don't really matter um, and I realized that then also like towards um, but, you know, like, I was depressed. Like, you know, I had all those things. Like, I was miserable. Um, I remember writing, um, sitting in my room, just not wanting to be here anymore. Um, you know, I had, I had everything. Like, I thought I needed, but I didn't. Um, so, um, gosh, what was it? It was, I think, 2009 to 2010. Um, well, sorry, whenever I, before I walked away, I got my sister to come to church. Uh, Melissa Murray. Well, no, it's Hetty. Um, but, um, so she was still going to church. Um, thank goodness. And I called her one night and I was hammered. Um, 
down on Main Street in St. Charles, and uh, my friend, I was really hammered, and we always drove my car, so um, I went to go lay in the car, well, my friends brought me there because I couldn't hardly walk, and uh, I ended up leaving the car and calling my sister to go pick me up. Um, I was going to walk home, it's like a probably 10-mile hike. Um, and I, so I called my sister, I never called my sister, we had a horrible relationship, we never talked, we, I mean, we talked to family stuff, you know, like birthdays and whatnot, but um, I called her, and Carrie called me, and she drove me home, I didn't have my keys, so I had to break into my own house, um, and she and Carrie told me some really hard things that I needed to hear, and uh, so at that time they were having church on Sunday nights at the Republican Church of Christ building. And uh, I came that, that next Sunday and like just the amount of love, like even though like it had been years since I've been there, like it was like another life. Like they were like, oh man, like give me hugs and I was right. The thing I needed the most was just that community, that that love. Like I had friends that I'd party with and you know, but I couldn't talk to them. I couldn't there was no love there. there was more did you get with this person and you do this or what you know it was that's what it was about um and now it's more it was more about like how i'm doing and you know what i needed and you know anything they could do and like making sure that i was getting a relationship with god um and that was probably the, the best like the only thing i needed like i ended up because of my drinking all that i ended up losing my house um, and this was after I came back around because I was so far. I'd rather party and get drunk than make a house payment. Um, so like that was, that was more important to me. But then like just even the amount of love like during the process, like, you know, it's going to be all right. Like it's, it's not the world. Like, it was just relieving um, to have that, that bond, that unity with those, the church and the, the relationship with God. Okay, so after Ryan and I got our crap together, um, we met and um, we got married. And we still have our crap. We still have our Harper's 
you know, shocked. She didn't end up getting her shots or anything. Um, I called Brian and then I said, you know, we got we got to meet up. We have to, we have to go to downtown. And so we got together and we drove um, down to St. Louis. I'm still like, you know, still thinking, you know, maybe this isn't really the diagnosis. You know, they'll check her again. And so we got there and got her admitted and the doctor came in and, you know, it was just one doctor after another, one finger prick after the another, um, blood samples and tests and peeing and a bowl to test her urine and all this was happening so quickly. Um, I didn't even, I thought, I mean, I thought as I was driving there, we need to pray, we need to talk to God, but also we need to let our church family know. We need to let people know so they can be praying. You know, we don't really know what's to come. Um, and instantly, um, you know, there was, there was prayers, there was text messages, there was phone calls. Um, I, I don't even know if I'm still, I don't even know if I'm caught up from responding from people, from the text messages, from the phone calls, um, the Facebook messages. Um, the outpouring of love during that time. Um, I don't know if you guys know a lot about um, like juvenile diabetes, but um, you know, it's, there's no known cure. Harper is insulin dependent four times a day. Uh, she has to be monitored regularly. Um, we have to watch everything she eats. And as a five-year-old, Whereas before she could just walk to the pantry and open it up and take out a bag of goldfish, she can't do that anymore. Um, and as a five-year-old, it's really confusing. It's really hard to understand. And uh, so while we were, you know, while we were in the hospital, we're all having to adjust, um, you know, to this news. And you know, it's really hard when your when your daughter, you know, knows now that every time she eats, she has to. We have to check her blood sugar, and then she has to eat, and we have to count carbs, and then we have to divide these carbs, and there's like some mathematical equation, and then we figure out how much insulin we have to administer. You know, and, and she's like, do I have to do this every time? Yeah, every time now for the rest of your life. There's, there's no cure, and hopefully with the way that technology is, you know, we're working towards that, but, um, you know, it's really hard to hear your, you know, your daughter say, well, I just won't eat anymore. I just won't eat. And, you, you know, you have to eat. And then our daughter is a grazer. She loves to just kind of all eat whatever, you know, snack. And um, so trying to train her how to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner very regularly is, it has been, it's only been a week, but it's, it's been very difficult at times. Um, But you know, there's been times where I thought, you know, why God? Why did it have to happen to my five-year-old daughter? You know, why couldn't it have happened to me? Um, she's so sweet and innocent. She's a lover of people. She loves people so much. She's kind. Oh. Um.
keep her from things. And, around like 
they're going to be there for me. Who uh, had Burke Hurt? Hey, you Yeah, I I know, I just, I know that I would not, I don't know where I'd be right now if they didn't have that community, that love from, that outpour from like our closest friends and our church family. Cool scene, even though, like a lot of people I like, close to Harper and uh, like teachers and even people I didn't know she was really close to, like changing their their Facebook pictures to like her or like you know them together and uh, I don't know, made me feel really good and loved and that was just really cool. Um, just that community and that bond, like everybody. Just trying to, to help us cope and deal with it. I know, like, I don't know, it's been cool to see even Harper, like, um, with, like, her, her friends came over this week, whatever she got from the hospital. And, like, I mean, I don't know if she was there too, but she was so, like, eager and excited. It wasn't even time for her to get her fingerprint, but, like, she was like, oh, let me show you, let me show you, can I, can I show so and so, like, how I do it? And we're like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> used to. Um, but I don't know, that was just I know that's cool, like even even she's like showing people like what she needs to do and she's catching on really quick. So and it's and I think it is like just being at the campus maker, she growing up at the campus maker, she has just seeing like the unity and like how you bring like I think it carry a lot, like, just like, I don't know, whenever I was younger, whatever, coming around, um, just, if I knew it, if I needed to get with him or get with somebody, like, I had to just be, like, a freaking dog, like, just smile on And, like, not really. But, like, just showing, like, pulling people with you and, like, having that unity and, just, like, that community with, like, around each other. And I was cool for just seeing her, like, we talked about her a little bit, like, with that kind of thing, but... Um, and like what the purpose of crossing is like and all that like just her trying to bring people with her and show them like what you should do or what she needs to do. Uh, just, I'm looking forward to the future, you know. It's gonna suck because of it's a lifelong thing, but I know that the people around us and um, Harper's gonna be great at being a diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys, uh, Katie and Ryan are actually, they were part of the community whenever I first started coming around the church, and they were big influence on me whenever I saw something different than what I had ever seen before. So it's very, I mean, it's very hard for a lot of us to hear about the things they're going through, but you know we're here for them, you know, and uh, I know that they're here for me, you know, and for my wife, and for anyone else that needs, you know, help with anything or support and love, and uh, I kind of want to end on the question that I asked in yesterday's uh, part one of the you know, session of this lesson, uh, and that's, what are you doing to show the world this community exists? day-to-day -day lives, at work, at school, wherever you're at, you know, the supermarket, whatever, to show people that, you know, these kinds of interactions that we have with each other are real. They're not fairy tale, they're not, you know, made up or, or dream, wild dreams that we could have, like it's a real thing. You know, guys, I really want to challenge you all to make sure that you're showing the world that there are other options, and that there is something different that they can have. You know, push yourself, you know, whether you're with people from your ministry or your church or not, or you're alone, or whatever. Find ways to uh, to outreach and to show people that uh, what we have is better. You know, they won't be there. You know, we know that. We know where we came from. We know what we used to have. We know the sin and the hurt that we used to have in our lives. And you know, I definitely know that I do, you know. And, uh, I never thought something so great existed, but... Here we are, you know, talking about it right now. So make sure that, you know, when this weekend's done, 
you know, remember, uh, remember that question and ask yourself that daily. You guys, ask yourselves, what can I be doing different? You know, what can I be doing to stand out? You know, what can I be doing to be effective? You know, like, and then strategize, find ways to do it. All right. Um, I'm gonna say a prayer, uh, and then we're gonna, I guess, go get lunch. Right? Um, dear Lord, I just want to thank you for the family you put in my life, um, for the commitment. You know that. Uh, they continue to choose uh, every day, even in you know some of the darkest times. Or you know, just because we choose to have a relationship with you doesn't mean that our life just gets easy. You know, life is still life. It's still hard. We're still living in a perfect world. You know, where uh, where sin rules us daily. And so uh, it's just so crazy to think, Lord, that with all that chaos going around, with all that sickness, with all the dysfunction, that we can still have a relationship with you because you sacrificed your own son for us because that's how much you love us, each and every one of us. You know, God, um, it's so crazy to think about love like that and that it actually exists, but it does. And so thank you, Lord, for, for everyone that's here, uh, for the lessons that we've been having, for the uh, relationships that we continue to grow in. Um, and I just want to pray that you know we continue fellowshipping and having a great time and learning more about each other and learning more about you. Uh, thank you for everything you do. It's just a